I think so. Is that, can you guys hear me? I'm a, yeah, we'll go around back this way. I'll put it in the, yeah. I got, I, all right. There we go. Okay, that's done. All right, fantastic. Yeah, this is kind of a strange thing for me, as I usually teach in a room about 20 to 30 kids, and so um, the microphone is kind of a new thing for me. I'm going to ask you guys to do something for me. I'm going to see if you guys are okay with that. I, I've been teaching back in Sun Chasers for years, and so I'm wondering, would you guys in the back be willing to move up so I can see you guys a little bit for me? Is that cool? Can we fill in a little bit more of the space up here? I'm in front of these lights, and I just want to be able to see your guys' faces. Really, that's oh, you guys are awesome. Thank you. I know that's I know it's weird. I was just so you know, my last name is Zaire. You want to guess where I sat in every classroom I've pretty much ever been in? The back, the very back. I'll tell you real quick. The first college class I had, it was about a hundred kids, and they told us to alphabetize ourselves, sit in alphabetical order. You know what? So a lot of kids talking, milling around. You know where I went right away? Back of the room and sat down. I knew my spot. So I appreciate you guys moving up so I can kind of see you guys' faces. Um, man, I've been excited for this. I found out uh, about this opportunity back uh, earlier on in the fall to come and speak with you guys tonight. And so I've been um, praying over this a lot. We've been studying in our small group the book of First Thessalonians. I know you guys have as well. Uh, I know that last week, for those of you who are in middle school, um, John talked to you. And if you guys were here, our high schoolers, uh, Taylor Hubert talked to you. And he was a student at the school I teach at, and so um, it's exciting to, to hear from him. I got to listen on the podcast uh, to him talk as well. So um, I'd encourage you guys, if John already said, if you guys have your Bibles with you or you have a digital Bible with you, if you guys can find the book of 1 Thessalonians, we're in chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 11 here today. Um, and just to kind of call me to, I'd like to, I know John just prayed, but I want to offer a quick prayer over you guys uh, before we get started, and then uh, we're going to launch in. So uh, if you would just bow your heads with me just one more time briefly, uh, I'd love to just pray over you guys uh, just for a moment. Just, uh, dearly Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight. I want to thank you for all uh, the people out here in front of me, Lord. Um, they're here to, to learn more about you and to, to, um, to be here together to grow closer to you. And I just want to um, pray for them, Lord, tonight and this week as they go back out, that they would be a shining light for you, that they would... Um, uh, as, as they hear me talk up here, Lord, that, that you would speak through me, that it wouldn't be my words, but it's your words uh, that they'd hear tonight. Uh, just thank you again for the opportunity. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, so we're going to be in the book of 1 Thessalonians. I just want to start off. So when you guys uh, met last week, you guys were um, in the second chapter and third chapter, and Paul was talking and writing this letter to the Thessalonian church. And what we're going to get to tonight is this transitional prayer that's going to take us from what you guys have been doing so far what you've been reading so far, to this next part of the letter in 1 Thessalonians. And so I just want to start off by reading to you uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight. And these is 1 Thessalonians, it's uh, chapter 3, verses 11, 12, and 13. I don't know how many of you do this, but when I write notes, I, I'd like to draw pictures on them. And so the first thing I did preparing for this, I, I wrote out the verses, and I've got these little pictures all over this, but I'm going to read right over top of them here just to kind of get us started. And it starts here in verse 11. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we do for you. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Amen. And so we're going to kind of dig into that text tonight and talk about how that is going to take you from what you guys have been doing so far into this next 
um, grouping of, of chapters you guys are going to start with next week. So um, I want you guys, if you guys can find verse 11 for me. I don't know if you guys do this, but when I read through this, I, I'd like to break this down into chunks. I'll highlight different things, and there's some words I want us to take a look at. So I'm going to read that first part of verse 11 again. Um, and I, I want to talk about what this is uh, setting up here for us. It says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. Um, and so what you guys have been doing in the past, and what I was, uh, when I listened to John from this past Sunday, uh, he talked to you guys a lot about friendship. Uh, he talked a lot about this idea that Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church because uh, he'd been run out of there, and he, he missed them. Uh, he wanted to see them, and he longed to see these people again. And not just because they were fun to hang out with, but because he had a commitment to them. Uh, and so one of the first things I wrote on here is, is this idea that we're reflecting back into chapter 2 that you guys read from before. So if you guys have your eyes, can you find verse 18 in chapter 2? So flip back for a minute. Let's find that part for just a second. If we go back to verse 18, Paul's referencing where he's made this comment where Satan has hindered him and his, um, his uh, cohorts from coming back and visiting and seeing this church in Thessalon uh, Thessalonica that he had helped start. Um, and he really wants to, to get back and see them. Uh, and this is what you guys talked about last week a lot. And, and this idea of uh, connecting where he was, that he was saying, I miss you guys. I, I pray for you guys. I want you guys uh, to know that, I, that I'm in prayer for you, I love you, and I miss you, is where he starts this, this, uh, this prayer off with this idea that um, he wants to know, he wants them to know that Jesus, uh, that he's praying to Jesus and God the Father for them. And one of the cool things is that I'm doing some research to this is that word direct, this idea um, that it's a singular verb. You guys, any of you, how many of you had Mrs. Zare in sixth grade? I have a feeling, all right, so if you, all right, Mrs. Zare, if you don't know, is my wife, Okay. Uh, so Mrs. Zare, yeah, if you've had her, she, or how many, anyone have her right now? Like, this is, all right, okay, so, so you know, raise your hand. You guys had to write some argumentative papers, I believe, too. This is, yeah, all right. So when I'm, when, I, when I'm at home with her, right, I teach math, she teaches language arts and grammar, and so we were doing a little bit of research on this word, this ver verb direct, and it's a singular verb, and I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting, because this, this part of the first verse of 11 starts out with, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ. And it uses a singular verb, and my wife would tell us that, that that's meaning for one person. So Paul's connecting this idea that God the Father and God the Son are one. There's this perfect unity between these two. Um, and so if you guys have, yeah, you've written your argument of paper, you've been through some, how many of you have an English class right now somewhere? You've got, you're all, I'm assuming all of you are in an English class at some, yeah, all right, cool, okay. Anyone not in an English class right now? Woo! All right, there, yeah, we got a few, all right. So um, you guys have all dealt with this idea, uh, and, and so this is something that was interesting throughout to me, that, that Paul's, Paul's, no matter what he's writing, he's, he's pointing back to God and to, to Jesus in this first verse. He's talking about what he's praying for them, but he's also pointing back, and that's what we're going to notice this whole entire time. Uh, and I'll tell you, the top of every page I wrote here, I just wrote the word Jesus in different little fonts and scripts, because everything we're going to be doing here is pointing back the idea that these people's lives here in this church in Thessalonica are centered around Jesus. Right, so that's that first part. And then he goes on to, and the idea that um, he wants them to not only remember that he was there, that he loves them, he cares for them, that he's praying for them, even though he can't be there right now. And he's, he's been telling them through the first three chapters um, just how much he's excited for the fact that even though he's not there with them, that they're flourishing, that they've been through some trials and tribulations, but they're going strong. And he's excited for them. But here's what happens next. It's this whole idea that he doesn't want them to settle there, right? He doesn't want them to decide, okay, well, we've uh, accepted Jesus as our Savior, 
and we're just going to go ahead and continue on living our lives. He wants to challenge them. Right? What we're going to set up in the next couple of verses is this idea that over the next couple of chapters, you're going to learn more about what Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica and how he's deciding to challenge them. And that's this first little next part in the verse. And I was reading this over and over again for the past few weeks and more and more this week because as I got ready for you guys, I don't know if you know this, but you're kind of intimidating to be in front of. You guys think that that's true or not? I see some smiles. Like there's a few of you are like, I'm not intimidating. But it's always a little nerve-wracking being in front of new people, right? I teach math every day, and I get pretty used to that. So this is something new. But as I was reading and reading more and more, this started to really impact me. And so I want you, and this is one of the major points that I want you to latch onto. And when you walk out those doors tonight, I want you to be thinking about. All right, and the next part of the verse, okay, after we get through that first part in chapter 11, I'm going to read it directly from here. It says, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love, okay? The Lord make you to increase and abound in love. And I'm looking at this right now, and I'm seeing my notes, and I'm seeing the word increase. And when I think of that, I think of it in mathematical terms a lot. There are arrows drawn from that word upward, um, is increasing, is, is uh, to, to go upward. And I want you to think, we're going to think about that word a little bit here right now, this idea of increase, right? Can you guys point upward for me? All right. You guys will notice that I teach high schoolers, but when I teach math, I like to make everyone active, and that's something I'll do. I also teach back there with the little kids, and they love to get up and move around. Yeah, there you go, and you're still pointing upward. I love that. We're going to make our love to increase, and we're going to abound in love. And so the next thing, again, with my wife, who's an English teacher, we sat down, we started to look up some of these words as well, this idea of increase and abound. And these are the next two words we started to look at, and we went back to their Greek origins and started talking about what those two words mean in their original context, because sometimes those words in English don't quite have the same meaning as they did in their original language. And one of the things I wrote down here was this idea of increase and abound was Paul's using language that's over the top. He's using this language that's uh, meaning uh, that's more than enough, this idea that the love that they would have would increase and abound was more than was necessary. And so it made me think back to a couple of things I can tell you about myself. Uh, one of the things, if you don't know, I coach cross country. And before every meet, we have to fill up these giant water jugs. Right? And we take them in, and we put them in this, um, our training room, and there's this big spigot, and we put them in there. And every once in a while, I turn that water on, and I have like five to ten different things to do when we're getting ready for meets. And sometimes I'll wander off, and I'll go get some ice, or I'll go grab something from our med kit. And um, this has not happened to me in a number of years, but sometimes I get going and doing some other things, and you know what happens? I forget about that water, and it's been five or six years since this happened, but I came back to find, you know, I, guess what I came back to find when I came walking back into the training room? It was what? It wasn't I forgot. No, I've not forgotten the water. I had the water. I turned the spigot on. I walked off to get the med kit, decided to do two other things, walked out the room, and I came back. Yes. It didn't turn off. And it didn't turn off on its own. And I didn't turn it off. And it was flowing right over the edge of this 10-gallon water bucket. Now, luckily, there's a big drain in the middle of this room for people like me who forget things like that. But as I was reading these words of abound and to increase in love and this idea that it's this overflowing nature, I kept getting drawn back to this idea of this, this 10-gallon bucket. Yeah, over, some of you are still pointing up in the air. That's perfect. I love that. Yeah, it was increasing and abounding in love. And that was one of the things I want you to be thinking about. We're going to lock onto that and talk a little more about that in detail. But I want to point back to something that we talked about this idea of increase and abound. 
right? That first three words there, it said, in the Lord to make you increase and abound in love. I, I want you to think for a minute, because as this week went by, there's another thing. I've been involved in this, this uh, accountability group for, I feel weird standing up here, guys. I want to come down. I'm going to walk around a little more. Um, I've been involved in this community where we have been accountable to each other. And over the past 10 weeks, more so than probably in the past couple years, I've had to talk weekly with someone and share kind of how things have gone, whether it's been good, whether it's been bad. And I want you to think back to your week for a minute. I want to think if you've had an experience this week where you have been less than loving to someone maybe in your family, maybe a friend, maybe somebody, a teacher, maybe someone you saw around there. You don't, you don't have to raise your hand. I, but I want you to think back. Has there been a time this week where you've been less than loving to someone around you? I think if I'm honest with myself, I can come up with more than one time where that's been the case. Uh, more than one time where I've been less than loving this week. And I've been reading over and over again this week about how my love should be increasing and abounding and should be over the top. And I've realized over and over again that I've fallen short of that. And then I come back to read this, and I, I, I think we're still increasing, right? We're still talking about that love increasing. I've come back to realize as I read this scripture that it wasn't that I was supposed to make my own love increase and abound, that it wasn't me that was supposed to be able to do that. When Paul writes this to the church in Thessalonica, he says, make the Lord make your love to increase and abound. And that's been the thing that I've come to over and over again this week. It's humbled me made me realize my own weakness and my dependency on Christ. For our love to increase. That's the one thing I want you to keep thinking, okay? I love that, that you still got your hand up and still pointing up. You guys are great. And I've realized that that capacity for love, right, and that ability to increase in love is not something that I can do on my own. It's not something that Paul's asking the church to do on their own. He's praying that the Lord would cause that to happen in their own hearts. And as you guys are thinking about that tonight, the idea of your love increasing, it's not that you are going to go out and make that happen on a daily basis. It's that your dependency on Christ is going to allow that capacity for love to grow inside of you. And so we're going to come back to the idea of love increasing, because now the question is, what does that look like, right? The idea of overflowing love. And so I want to take you to that word love for just a moment. I told you again, what does my wife do? She teaches. What does she teach? English, English, literature, words are her thing. Mine are numbers. Hers are words. And so we went and we took a look at that word love for a moment. right? And that word love comes to the word agape love. I want to read something I wrote down here. Because it's something that also during the course of the last weeks has reminded me that this is not my power and not my, within my will to change this idea of love. But it's, it's the Lord working within me and same thing, it's Christ working in you that this love is focused on the welfare of other people over yourself. And if I'm honest with myself, when I think about that too this week, there have been times where I've chosen myself over the welfare of others. There have been opportunities for me to choose the other over myself, and I've fallen short in that category. And so as I come back and read this, I know that it's the Lord in me, it's Christ in me, and it's Christ in you that's going to make that love increase. Right? That love increase. Are you going to do that the whole time? 
That's awesome. All right. That's going to be perfect for me, too, because I'm going to need those reminders as we go on. That overflowing love to increase is the welfare of someone else over you. And I want you then to take a look at the next part of that. And that's where Paul is going with this. He says, not only for that love to increase and abound one towards another, but also to all men. And so as I'm reading this, there's a couple of things that I jotted down here is, is sometimes it's really easy to love people. John talked to you about chapter 2 and the early parts of chapter 3 last week about times when it's easy to love others. And there's something that he wrote from last week that I wrote time and time again through here that I want to reiterate and bring back to the forefront here because I think Paul is really talking about this as well. Right? There have been times in my life in this week and past weeks where it's easy to love people. I tell you, there are times where it's easy to love my wife. There are times when it's easy to love my two little boys. I don't know if you know or have seen them. I have a little Asher, who's nine, and little Eli, who is six. And so there are times when it's easy to love them, but then there's times where it's hard to love them. I can tell you when my son, I put him to bed at night, and I go downstairs, and I go grade some math papers, and all of a sudden I hear, Dad! And I go running back upstairs. I need some water. Give him some water. And then I go back downstairs, and I start to grade my papers, and I hear, Dad! And I go back upstairs, and he goes, can you make a note for me to remember to put my um, stuffed animal back on my dresser in the morning? Okay, okay. And then a couple more times, it becomes a little more challenging to show that love to my son. Sometimes that love does need to be disciplined love and saying, you know what? It's time to go to bed, right? But there are times, we're honest with ourselves, where that love can be a challenging thing. And that's where I want to go back to something that Paul stated earlier and something you guys heard and talked about last week. The idea that a lot of times in this day and age, when we think of love, we think of it as a feeling. We think of it as emotion. One thing that I learned and I'm going to talk about a little bit later on from a, from a gentleman for that from my youth, when I was in seventh grade, um, that I got to know really well, um, is that I learned that love isn't just a feeling or emotion. Love is a commitment, right? Love is a commitment to someone else. Paul was committed to this church, even in his absence. He was committed to them. Paul was committed to Christ above all, and that's where his love shone through to this new church, right? Uh, you guys are committed to one another. If you guys are friends with each other, love should be one of the things you guys have for one another. All right? And that should be love in Christ. Love directed towards being concerned about the spiritual well-being of one another. And that's what Paul's reiterating here in this passage when he says, one towards another and to all men. And this isn't a love that says, you know what? You guys did something for me, so I'll do something for you. Or a love that says, just how you doing? We'll be friendly to each other. Paul was committed to these people no matter what, right? Christ is committed to you, and if you are a follower of Christ, that love should be within you and should be poured out to the people around you, not just your brothers and sisters in Christ, but to all the people you guys see, that person that's tough to love at school, right? That family member that you're not getting along with. And that love is not something that's something we're going to choose to do, but it's something that Christ has put within us. And I want you to keep in mind, that love is going to continue to increase. So Paul, so far, he's talked about this idea that he wants love to, the love of these Thessalonians to increase. He also has a really deep-seated desire to see something else happen to them. And so this is where I want to go uh, to the next part. He wants to point out something to them. Not only are they going to have their love increase, but he says here, 
even as we also do towards you. Now, if you guys have been here week in, week out, you've seen in the First Thessalonians chapters 1, 2, and 3 how Paul shared his love for this church. He talks about, and this was about th- four weeks ago, three weeks ago in our community group, we talked about the idea that Paul shared not only the gospel with these people, but Paul shared very life with these people. He shared his very self. He uses some really cool language earlier on in chapter 2 about the idea that he was like a mother who is nurturing a child or a father who is giving encouragement to his children. And so Paul's not talking here just about the idea that he expects them to love like Christ, but that he set an example for them. And that's where down here at the bottom, I wrote this note, and I just want to share with you about um, a man that was, was a huge influence on my life and pointed me to Christ probably just as much as anyone that I, I've known. Um, he's now passed on, um, and he's with Christ, but his name is Mr. Harold Reitzman. When I first met him, when I was um, probably five or six years old, I didn't know him very well until I was in seventh grade. In seventh grade, this man was my Sunday school teacher, and he was probably already around 75 to 80 years old. When I was your age, I didn't know what that looked like. Maybe even 50, might have been 80. I probably didn't know the difference, but he was, he was an older gentleman, and he shared with us um, so many things from his life. I had opportunities to go to his house and hear from him. Uh, I got to hear uh, what life was like before cell phones. I got to hear what life was like before computers. I got to hear what his childhood was like. I got to hear from him about what it was like going through, um, growing up during uh, World War II. Uh, I got to hear about how Christ came into his life. And he didn't get saved as someone that was your guys' age. It wasn't until he was um, into his adult life. Um, but he got to share with us how Christ impacted his life. And one thing, no matter when I saw this man, he was someone that I knew was an example I could look to to see what it looked like to grow in love for Christ. And so Paul's pointing the idea that he wants these new believers to look to him as an example. And so this man, Mr. Harold Reitzman, was someone that I looked to as an example. And I want to tell you one thing that he talked to me about that I think is an important thing for you guys to hear. Because when I first met him, I was, seventh grade would have put me at, what, about 13 years old? How many of you are 13 years old here right now? You got some 13? Yeah, 13? We got any 12-year-olds in the house? You got some of those? All right. We got how many, 14-year-olds? How many are older than 14? We got some older than 14? Yeah, that's me in that category, too. All right. He talked to us a lot about the idea that it didn't matter what age we were, right? That Christ had a plan for us at that very moment in our lives, that we could be that example for other people as well. So as Paul is pointing to himself as an example for these, I need you to understand that if you are in Christ, you are an example for the people around you. Others may be looking to you even unknowingly day in and day out. So as we're reflecting on this scripture, I want you to keep in mind a couple of things, right? Paul is praying for this church, even in his absence. He's praying that Christ, our Lord, would increase their capacity for love, right? Not only for their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but for all men around them. And then he goes on to the next part. This is the other big thing. So we're talking about your love increasing. I want to go to the next part of this one. So here we're on verse 13. And so his next part, he states, is to the end He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Wasn't enough for their love to increase. There's a lot of times that can look um, 
like a holy life. There are times when your love might be conditional. It might just be something that you're doing because someone else, is this here? Because someone else has loved you. Paul didn't just want their love to increase and that to be their example. He desired for this church in Thessalonica a deep-seated um, purpose out of them. He wanted them to be holy. And I want you, what does my wife do again? One more time, because I forget. Teaches. teaches. What does she teach? Yeah, literature and grammar. And so we were looking at this word holy together this week. We spent some time looking at this word and writing a few things down. As we wrote these things down for the word holy, there's a few phrases I want you to think about tonight when we think about that word holy. One of them was separate from what is common. Paul wanted this church to be separate and stand as a beacon towards Christ. He wanted them to be set apart. If you are a follower of Christ, you are set apart from the world. He wanted to be called out from the sinful world. And then the final thing I wrote down, he wanted their innermost being to be characterized by holiness. This wasn't something that was just on the surface. Right? This was not just something that people would just see. He wanted them to be changed from the inside. And if you're found in Christ, God wants you to be changed from the inside. And so as we're thinking about this, we're talking about your love to increase, and we're also talking about a deep and abiding relationship with God. This is not something that's based on how you're feeling that day. This is not something that's based on what your circumstances are, what's happened to you this day or that day. This is something that's deep-rooted within you. If Christ is in you, he's going to change you from the inside out. And if you have that knowledge and if you have that relationship with Christ, he's going to change you from the inside out and your love is going to increase. I love that you've got that because I find time in and time out, as I get going, I might forget the important things that I've got written over here. And so I appreciate you having that there for me. You got it. Yes, you got a couple of them. You guys have stuck it out the whole way. And I want you, as we kind of think about that, I'm going to reflect back to that here in just a second, come back to it. But as we're reading this final part, Paul not only wants their love to increase, Paul not only wants them to be set apart, he wants them to have a deep and abiding relationship with their God. And so, finally, it brings me back to this idea. I don't know, how many of you, have any of you memorized the scripture verse that we have for October here? Does anyone know what scripture it is? All right, and so there's this scripture verse. Pastor Dave has encouraged and challenged us for the month of October to memorize a verse. And this is a verse, is more and more I read from 1 Thessalonians this week, uh, verses 11 and 12 and 13. I was drawn back to our memory verse. And so I want to point you guys there too. I want you to, can you guys find the book of Philippians for me? Yeah, can you find the book of Philippians for me? If you've got something to write or if you can start thinking about this, I want us to remember this today. I want you to find Philippians chapter 1, and I want you to find verse 6. This is a verse for the month of October that I've been working to memorize, and we've been working on our family to memorize. And the more and more I read this and the more and more I read back from 1 Thessalonians, I keep getting drawn back to this verse, and I want this to be something that, that goes out with us tonight. So I'm going to read to you our memory verse uh, from the month of October. It says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Okay? One more time. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So as we're reading back, I'm going to read those three verses to you again, 11 and 12 and 13. Paul's 
transitioning in these first three chapters from talking about the idea that this church that's been established, his love for them and his prayers for them, his desire to come back and see them, his excitement when he learns from Timothy that they're strong in the faith, in the, in the face of persecution, they're continuing to follow Jesus. But he wants them to know that that's not where he wants them to end. Right? Their salvation, your salvation, is not the end of the journey. Paul expects for the Thessalonians, right, just like he's expected of you, that your knowledge of Christ is not the end point, that you will continue to grow in your knowledge of Christ, that your love is going to continue to increase with Christ inside you, that your holiness, the fact that you're set apart as an example, is going to continue to increase. And that's the cool thing, because I got the opportunity to be up here today to talk to you about where you've been and then where you're going. Okay? Because in the next few weeks, you're going to learn about these challenges that Paul has given to the Thessalonian church. He's going to talk to you more about here's where you're at and here's where he wants you to grow. And that's the beauty of the thing of working with high school students, middle school students. You guys are in this transitional part of your life. You're going from being kids. I've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. They're very much still kids. Sometimes they think they've, they've grown up and they're young men, but they're very much kids. Each and every one of you are going through this transition time too right now where you're growing up from young men and young women, in, or from, I should say, children to young men and young women who are very soon going to be adults. And as you guys continue to grow, you're going to want to remember a few things. You're going to remember that if you are in Christ, he's going to grow the capacity to love. And that love is going to pour out to the people around you. It's going to draw others to Christ through each and every one of you. Right? You're also going to need to remember that Christ is going to continue that work of holiness within you. You're set apart. Right? Just like the Thessalonian church was set apart is, is an example and a shining beacon for Christ. That's each and every one of you. The important thing is, though, you're not an end here. You're not an end point. None of us are. I'm 34 years old. Every day I wake up, I realize that I'm not an endpoint, that my growth needs to continue throughout the rest of my life, that my capacity of love needs to continue to grow, and that I need to daily ask Christ for that capacity to grow. And so as you guys get ready to come back next week, I'm really excited for you to now get transitioned from this portion of Paul excitedly talking about this church and his love for this church to going, okay, there are places where we're going to continue to grow. And so next week, that's what you're going to hear from. I'm really looking forward to that opportunity for you guys to hear that as well. So I want to read this one more time to you guys, verses 11, 12, and 13. I want you to hear those words all together again. I want you to hear what Paul's saying to the church in Thessalonica, and I want to hear what's being spoken to you guys today. So I'm going to read this again for you guys. So this is 1 Thessalonians Chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we do for you. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus with all his saints. Amen. I want you to be thinking this week, right? about where is Christ going to increase your capacity to love. I want you to be thinking, too, this week about who is it you look to, too, as that model for you. Okay? We look to Christ, but there's believers around you in this church and this community that you can look to. And I want you to be thinking about where is it that Christ is calling you to increase your capacity to love? Where is Christ calling you to increase in holiness so that you can be set apart, an example that draws others to Christ? And I encourage you to read this a few more times this week as you prepare for next week. Um, I'd really like to pray over you guys here again as, as we finish up. I also, I realize as I look out here, there are some of you that I know 
from church, and I know from actually Sun Chasers back in the day, and there's some of you that I don't know. I would love to just hear your name and get to say hi to you too during the course of the night. So if you guys can go ahead. We're going to say a quick prayer here in closing uh, before we wrap up, uh, and then I'll, I'll just uh, have a couple other words, and we'll, then we'll finish up. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity for these uh, students to come here tonight and hear from your word. I just pray that as, as we read from your word, Lord, um, that we be reminded of how Paul is uh, praying for the church in Thessalonica and how that prayer should echo in our lives and our hearts today, that, uh, that you would increase our capacity for love, that you increase our capacity uh, for compassion to those around us, Lord, and in that love that we would draw others to you, that not only would you increase our capacity for love, but you would increase our holiness, and that in that capacity for love and holiness should be grounded in this idea that we are hopeful for your return um, Lord, that, that our hope is found in you, that our love and our capacity for faith and hope would be grounded in you each and every day. We love you, Lord, and we thank you again for this opportunity. Be with us as we go out. Be with us and help us to um, be shining examples for you uh, in this coming week. We love you. Amen.